0: Welcome to the DNA Show. DNA? Dude, are we doing a science show? No, D is for Dennis. Oh, A is for Andy. And
1: N is for and? Oh man, nerds. Because oh, yeah. We're nerds, dude. Yeah. Well good, then we can talk about comics and movies
0: and pop culture and sports. Sports. Sports and nerds. Yeah, we're going to make that work. All right, let's roll. Heidi Ho, welcome back to the Dennis and Andy show. I'm Andy with my good buddy. And this is Dennis. Welcome back to another episode. You know why this is the best episode ever, Dennis? Because it's the next one? <laughs> because it's my birthday. <laughs> oh, of course. On my birthday, Dennis. Come on.
1: Happy birthday, old man. And I yeah, get to yeah. say that for a whole
0: nother month. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say for 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 a month and change, you get to say that, and then you tick off that magic number and we're both the same age. So yeah,
1: then we're then we're average, but but until then, you look much older than I do today.
0: <laughs> oh, and for your information, I've been told I'm below average. I know, but your wife married you anyway. It's it's one of the few things <laughs> I have in common with the Statue of David. Oh, Oh. <laughs> oh, oh my! It's not oh. the it's not the six pack abs, and it's oh. not the curly hair.
1: I I'm sorry. I was choking. I was choking really badly, just like the Packers and Cowboys both did this week. <laughs> oh my God!
0: Freaking fantasy football! Oh, first, first it's duh, duh, duh. uh 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 uh. Da, 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 da. it's just so bad man I you know my fantasy football I lost again I've got two wins I've moved down the ninth place so just like in age, I'm above you but not by much because you're <laughs> in tenth place but you did win again you you won you've got I your first, win. first
1: game of the year and here's here's how it happened. So the guy that I was playing wound up not starting somebody. And, um, and I don't know if he just didn't, he didn't, they had bye weeks or whatever. And so I was like, wow, that's almost like a couple of gimme points right there. And then Matt Stafford actually had a pretty good week. And, um, and I was kind of excited. So my boys actually, uh, Stafford had a good week and Phillip Rivers had a good week. Cause that's what I'm down to the quarterbacks. However, Stafford just got announced that he's got COVID-19 no. because he was in close contact with somebody that was not related to the Lions. So he won't be playing next week. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm and Dalton's out with COVID-19. Um, so I'm, I'm going to wind up starting. Whoa, 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 uh,
0: whoa, whoa, whoa. Back up. Andrew Dalton has moved on from concussion to now he has COVID-19. Correct. Oh, you've got to be kidding me. So he was probably going to be cleared to play this week, but now he has COVID-19.
1: Yeah, so he is listed right now as uh, COVID-19. It says he could return under center for the Cowboys in week nine versus the undefeated Pittsburgh Steelers, but would likely have difficulty against that defense anyway, which he would. But yeah. Yep, yeah, because week, it says Dalton out for week nine after landing on COVID list. He was placed on the COVID-19 reserve list. He is reportedly not asymptomatic, um, but that's all we know at this point. So he gets off concussion protocol, and we'll just move him into something else. Poor Mike McCarthy.
0: He's just having a rough year. Oh, my God. It's so ridiculous, man. I I didn't think <sighs> – I didn't. I, okay, I, I take it back. I expected that the Cowboys would win. So that was just that. That was just a square kick in the balls. I mean, that's all it was. It was literally just somebody going holding my arms and legs so I couldn't move, and then you, and then just come somebody coming straight up to me going punch. Oh, right you there. mean we're gonna Rochambeau? Yeah. <laughs> But here's the funny thing. And then Monday night, I'm like, well, I'll get some good points out of Tom Brady Monday night. And they had a tight game against. Good
1: Lord.
0: Yes. The Bucs should not have, that game should not be 25 to 23. Come on. Yep. But what's even more fun is. I'm either going in the 10th place. And you're going in the ninth because I play you this week in fantasy football.
1: Oh, yeah. Next week's going to be a fun chat. because (laughs) We'll we'll have to look at points because you're you're ahead of me um, by about 30, 40 points almost. So I I would have to not only win. Uh, Oh, no, 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 that's not true. You're two, five, and one. Yeah. So you're 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 a game and a half
0: up. So yeah, I'll so still I, be in tenth. But here's the thing: the projected points, I've got 91. You've got 90. <laughs> the yeah. win percentage, the win percentage is fifty-fifty.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, my team is so bad. I had to go out and get a defense because my defense is sucked anyway, and Cleveland's on by. So I wound up having to go pick it out. But one of my starters right now is questionable. But I've got two guys out and two guys on COVID-19 report, both my quarterbacks. So I'm going to have to just see what I'm going to do if I'm just going to start these guys or if I have to do a it. Tra- I don't know. Anyway, Dude, we're, I, I just I, may let this ride because it, it's it's a toss in the air for a
0: win against you. The, uh- Ezekiel Elliott's questionable, and I, I got to be honest. Even if they're playing the Steelers, they're yeah. playing the freaking Steelers. I'm that's a loss. That's just a loss. They're yes. not going to beat the Steelers, who are undefeated.
1: By the way, you know you got two guys on injured
0: reserve now. Yes, Elliott and Taylor. Yes, yeah, so you need to drop them. I got. I know. I got to make some moves here. Both my running backs are on oh, yeah. injured reserve, so. Well, oh, hey, I got
1: I got some COVID nineteen players to trade to
0: you. Yeah, I, I see that you got <laughs> God, man, both you're good. That's great.
1: Well, I know, but eh, I, this is I've had another year like this, but needless to say, I did win in fantasy football, so I'm still going to be in tenth, even if I beat you this week. So it's irrelevant for me winning. And John, he's in uh, uh, eighth place, so um, you know it's it's him in May. Uh, Matt that are that are trying to hang into those uh spots
0: ahead of you for the playoffs. Oh, did you see that your your lovely wife laid a comment down? Oh no, I did not. You didn't see that? No. Oh you gotta my... see her comment because it actually involves you. <laughs> it says
1: <laughs> it says if Dennis and this is from my wife. If Dennis ends the season above me, my descent to hell is complete.
0: (laughs) I saw that and I was dying. Because when I got the message before I read it, just saying that she left the message, I'm like, oh, what is she rubbing in now? And then I saw it and I'm like, oh, good Lord. Hey, are you going to be able to watch the game tonight?
1: Uh yeah the Packers tonight um yeah they'll be on and I'm actually I'm actually in Wisconsin right now so uh-huh. I'll, I'll I'll get the game so yes yes I'll probably watch it tonight
0: nice how you feeling I think they're gonna beat them
1: you know I said that about the Vikings this last week I figured they were gonna beat the Vikings for the well, second yeah, time and they 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 literally shot yeah, themselves but, in the foot more but, times than than you could shake a stick at. Garoppolo's out, or Garoppolo,
0: however you say it. Right.
1: Yeah, he's out. So, but that doesn't mean anything. So the Packers have a history, and I hope it doesn't play true tonight. That whenever their main quarterback goes out of the opposing team and they have to start a backup, that backup winds up having a career game. Is it because the Packers can't adjust to because they have no film on the guy or what? Whatever the reason, this is a consistent basis. So. I'm not going to chalk up a win just because he's out.
0: Uh, like I said, the Cowboys are playing the Steelers at 425. The only thing we have going for us is they're coming to Dallas. So yeah. it just means we can be defeated in our house. So, yeah. Yep. Way yep. to go. Because that quarterback just was not looking good last week, That our third string guy. So Yeah. Uh. Yeah.
1: Well, so we got new comic books this week. We so did. You, well, we, I can't even say plural. Well, yeah, you got, okay,
0: why don't you start since you got you got one? I got new comic book this week. <laughs> X-Men number four, yeah, I know, it just kills me. And we know that's I, an overlap. <laughs> I was really looking. So I got X-Men 14 um, because I get X-Men every month. So I like what Hickman's doing. This time the art is split between Linnell Francis you who I love, and uh, Mahmood Asrar, whose stuff I really enjoy. Both guys I know also, so they're, they're friends. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, I was telling you before the show that I didn't get the facsimile edition of Avengers 57 because I have that comic. And I also had the reprint in the Treasury edition Marvel did, you know, 40 years ago, 40 some years ago. But then I pulled out my copy of Avengers 57. It's in really nice shape, and I'm like, you know what? Maybe I will get that facsimile edition, so I can bag, so I can CGC my uh, real copy. So yeah. So I'll I'll, I'll I'll even though I don't have it in hand, I'll adjust to I got two books this week. Yeah. Well,
1: there's I'll talk about the books that that I I got this week, and but I'm going to start off with one that I didn't get which I'm going to go hunt for. And that was Savage Dragon 252, the Charlie Brown parody. It was their second printing. And I really think I'm going to go out and hunt for it because it's just a unique book. You know, it it even says right on the cover, Good Grief, Savage Dragon, you know, with Charlie Brown standing there. It's just classic. And the inside, I really, like I said, this is just a book I I think I'm going to go out and hunt for. As a guy
0: who already bought it, because he collects Savage Dragon. Not that second printing, but the first printing. Right. It's good. Eric pays tribute to his favorite Sunday, his favorite comic strips, but he does them all in Sunday format. So there's two paid spreads. And he, he does a great job of mimicking the style of the artist. Like he does a Blondie, you know, Dagwood, Blondie takeoff. And, but he keeps the story moving as well. So it's not like at a continuity, you know, the story moves through in just these different styles. So it's a really, it's, it is a really fun issue. So,
1: yeah. So that was the the one that you know, I, I think I'm going to go hunt for because I am a, a Charles M Schultz fan and that caught my eye. And then, you know, I like Calvin and Hobbes and so many other ones. I'll be curious. I really want to get it and just see which ones he put into it because I didn't do a lot of cheating and find out in advance. So anyway, that's one I'm going to hunt for. Uh, The facsimile Avengers we talked about, that's kind of a must. Um, You know, I think I'm going to, you know, the Avengers I went with, the Moon Knight saga is done that we talked about, but I'm liking where they're going with it. So I'm thinking that is going to be a good one. And um, they had a really cool Black Panther cover, Phoenix cover, uh, that came out on that one. So, uh, X-Men 14 and Marauders 14 were both this week. So, yep. the, the X of Swords, you know, continues. Um, uh, the King in Black, the Black Knight number one, True Believers. And then they also got um, uh, Gamma Flight's Doc Sampson. So, it's the Hulk Doc Sampson, uh, True Believers. So, yeah, some good books. Uh, you know, books. It,
0: it's funny, too, because I usually get the True Believers, but I didn't get the Black Knight one, and I didn't get the Hulk one with Doc Samson, even though Doc is one of my favorite Marvel characters. Yeah. Once again, I have that original copy of that book, yep. that Doc Samson. So kind of like I did with the Avengers, I might have to pull it out, see what condition it's in, and if it's in nice shape, worth getting cgc maybe i'll do that and then go pick it up yeah so i have a reading copy so
1: yeah cool the uh star wars came out and so i'm looking forward i'm behind on reading that one um the uh ultraman the rise of ultraman came out and i got the regular cover but i am going to hunt they actually had a photo cover from the tv show and i really kind of i, I enjoyed that one so i am think i'm going to go kind of hunt for that uh thor came out this week so yeah it was a it was a pretty decent uh uh week for me um and then wolverine um black white and blood came out so i'm just gonna put that all together and i'm gonna save that one up so yeah pretty heavy week for me
0: i was gonna say that's that's heavier than usual for you
1: yeah
0: you're usually average what five a week maybe
1: yeah it depends on the week three three to six you know and and it all depends on what comes out. And, you know, and, and I'm the guy, I, I subscribe to my all my regulars, but, you know, I, I'm one of the guys who goes out and looks, and if something trips my eye, I'm, I'm just going to pick it up. If the artwork looks good or somebody at the shop says, hey, have you checked this out? Yeah, that's how I found Black Monday Murders. Somebody was telling me how awesome it was back then. And I'm like, oh, well, you know what? I'm going to pick it up. And it wound up being just an incredible Uh, a short series so it was you know i I always pick up weird stuff
0: that's cool Cool. yeah yeah well you know what we have to review batman three jokers number three the finale came out it did and it did not disappoint at all talk about talk about just every issue of this and, you know, just so everybody knows, Batman Three Jokers, its prestige format, I believe they're each 48 pages, square bound, written by Jeff Johns, drawn by Jason Fabok, colors by Brad Anderson. Um, it, every issue I thought was a home run and had a great cliffhanger, and I was really looking forward to seeing how it ended, and I thought they just did such a fantastic job with the finale yep
1: yep i i'm i'm going to agree um so you know i wound up having to go out and hunt for it here um i'm up in wisconsin my father passed away so we're, we're up dealing with the funeral arrangements so i didn't have um the opportunity to 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 pick it up there so i knew i grabbed a copy and i'll have one when i get back home and I walked, in like, I have to have a copy because I have to read it. Cause I, I knew we were going to do this and I am so glad I did. Um, we, we, we've talked about how good it's been each of the last two books. And you're, you're always got that chance that the finale is just not going to kick in. I mean, it's been crescendoing, it's been building up, but this book delivered. I am telling you, this has been amazing. the, the interaction between Bruce and, and Jason Todd and Barbara. I mean, this is some of the best dialogue, in my opinion, in the history of Batman. I'm actually going to put it right up there with Return of uh, the Dark Knight and probably like Court of Owls. This is going to be right up there as in my top three all-time favorite Batmans.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I put it up with, even Killing Joke, to be honest.
1: Well, and I would put Killing Joke as number as my fourth. So yeah, it's an all in good company.
0: Yeah, um, it starts off and basically you've got uh, Jason Todd, Barbara Gordon, you know Bat Batgirl and Batman, and they're looking at all these uh, photographs, and basically the Joker, the real Joker, is trying to make a better version of himself or a different uh, to create a better Joker. And he's turning all these people into Jokers. And that's where the other two come in is he created those other two that were the, you know, the, the criminal, the, the three Jokers were the criminal, the clown and the comedian. And, um, you know, he created those other. He's trying to create a lot to, I guess, nail it down. But he was able to, I guess, you could say, create the other two versions pretty tight. Yes. You know what I mean?
1: Yes. Well, what w- in the? They've got a. There's going to be a few spoilers in here because it's oh, at the are we're, we're, we're just we're talking have about to. the
0: ending. Goddamn Yeah.
1: And Barbara's sitting there and she goes, but, you know, but what's a better Joker, Bruce? And then his response is, according to what they said to Jason, it's someone who has an identity behind the smile. They left Jason alive so that we'd know that. The three Jokers wanted me to uncover all of this. I just don't know why. Jason responds and goes, there are two Jokers left, Bruce, not three, two. And when I get them in my sights, there'll be none. Since you're too weak to do it. And Batman turns around. He's like, enough. And he reaches through and grabs him and shoves him up against the wall. Barbara's like, Bruce. And then you think, I don't, you don't think I wanted to put a bullet in his brain too after everything he did to Barbara, to you? But you didn't, Bruce. I did. And I was like, oh, this dialogue, you can feel it. I mean, I'm getting goosebumps. It was just written. So he goes into what are you going to do now? Arrest me? And then this becomes great. They have a scene where Barbara says, you did wrong, basically, Jason. And if you do anything like this, because he apologizes for doing it to in a way. Right. But right. she goes, if you do it again, I will have no choice but to reveal my secret identity and testify against you. And I will do it. So powerful. So oh, yeah. absolutely powerful.
0: Yeah. Um. And, you know, J- Jason Fabach is just killing it on the artwork. I read an interview with him where he said he was really looking at, and I, I mentioned this after reading the first one, that it has a real killing joke vibe, which was written by Alan Moore and drawn by Brian Boland. And I said that the storytelling had a real Brian Boland look to it. And I d- I read an interview this past week where Jason Fabach said that he was really trying to channel that type of storytelling uh with, with his take on it. And I mean, he just nailed it with that.
1: Yes, I agree. The the artwork is, is phenomenal. And I and I don't I use that term every once in a while, but it really is. And it is killing joke-s because you know, in the individual like nine panels and stuff, you'll yep. have a, a close-up where you just see the jokers teeth and lips as he's laughing about it and then you see bruce's response in the next one and then barbara and as they go back then there's like a cutout where they're showing a picture of one of the pictures he's got on the floor and it's like a cutout of it i mean it's great storytelling um in in nine panels and he does that on quite a few of them and it is good storytelling the art is just phenomenal i i just can't say enough about it i mean if DC can put out this kind of quality material in all the regular comics i i would be buying everything this is just top notch
0: well and then we the story moves forward because remember last issue ended with basically the jokers kidnapping joe chill and the it moves forward where basically batman is has all these letters he's talking to a doctor who um worked with Joe Chill and there's all these letters of Joe apologizing and stuff and Batman's like oh so he gets sick you know cuz Joe Chill has cancer he gets sick and he starts writing these letters as a way to repent and the doctors like oh no he he started writing those before he got sick you know Yeah,
1: you I mean this is when he was in his jail cell Batman was looking, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's cool. And he goes through it, and they're all addressed to, they were like, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, and he's got all of these apology letters, you know, and he was pouring stuff out from his heart. And then he sees one, and it says Batman.
0: Yep, and it's (laughs) got two tickets inside to the Marcus Zorro at the Monarch Theater, where Batman was technically born. Yep, yep, And, and it's got, with compliments, and it's got a picture of
1: a little drawing of the joker that was on there so he was left for him i mean that was just awesome and you can see the guy's handwriting you know and it was bruce wayne bruce wayne and then there's like a crayon or multicolored batman written on a letter the joker wrote it It, again it's all the attention to details that they put into not only the writing but the artwork
0: so they basically they go to the theater and it's going to be a standoff with um. Yeah, well, they go to the theater, Batman, Batgirl, and, and Jason, Red Hood, and they all go in different entrances. And, you know, Barbara basically gets attacked by a bunch of different guys that were uh, infected with the Joker mist, whatever you want to call it. So they're all crazy. And then Jason Todd gets attacked by a bunch of them too. And they're all dressed like ushers. Whereas Batman, comes across the joker the criminal uh version essence of the joker who's got joe chill tied to a chair precariously and he's got you know and the joker's got tnt dynamite strapped to himself so there's this final showdown and i i don't think we'll we'll go into too much detail with that just you know we don't want to spoil everything yeah
1: yeah it it is you know the Again, so they've got a really cool scene in there and it's that we talked about it last episode where it ended and he was filming it and it's "It's finally time to confess, Mr. Chill. Why did you really kill Thomas and Martha Wayne? And that's how it ended. Well, they pick up in the middle of the book here from that point and Joe's like, I don't know what you mean. Oh, sure you do, Mr. Chill. I've read your letters in the minister's notes. You've seen the light. Finally, Joe Chill confesses. And to me, that was, this was great. The the truth, truth is, when I saw the Waynes coming down the alley, I knew who they were. And I hated them for what they had. They had everything. Mm-hmm. And and it was just great. And he's like, well, tell us, get it off your chest, you know, and then tell me more. And he goes, the Waynes, I figured... They were people like me because of people like them. I was angry, bitter, and lost. I thought I'd take whatever they had uh, had on them, but their boy. Um, I didn't see the boy with him until it was too late. Um, before I knew the gun was going off, I found out later who the Waynes really were. They were the people trying to help Gotham with all that they had. They were good people and I took them from their son all these years and I still don't know how to tell him I'm sorry. Dude, that is that
0: dialogue. God, I there's gets my goosebumps you. again. It's great. It just it does. It just gets you, you know? And then um uh you know, it comes down to him and uh Joe Chill and Batman talking and he he basically comes out and if if i'm right comes out and says you know he knows who batman is yep and you're just like whoa
1: yep they capture him and they're riding in the back of the van going off to you're assuming arkham and the joker and batman are alone and they have a great back and forth uh between them you know and joker's like you know ha huh, I healed your greatest womb, and now I can be your greatest pain, me. And that's all he wants. He goes, I'll cut you, I'll hurt you, and I'll keep twisting that knife until the day we both die together. And again, the relationship that they have built with the Joker all of these years and how this Joker thinks about it and what he thinks and what he wants to do to Batman is great and then the ending you know after that it's great and then they get to the hospital and bruce goes to see joe chill as he's dying and he's there when joe dies and he actually holds his hand as forgiveness yep powerful i mean this really is powerful stuff
0: and he takes it you know and he visits the tombs you know joe chill's tombstone but the best yeah, talk about saving the best for last correct the, the best is and this is spoiler so if you don't want to hear the ending of batman three jokers just hit the pause cuz well, after I this if you doing minutes. mandalorian <laughs> so so hit the pause or fast forward till you hear us talking about mandalorian but um it goes to somewhere in alaska and bruce is driving you know the suv through alaska snow all that stuff And it cuts to him talking to Alfred in the cave. So Bruce is basically remembering back, talking to Alfred. And the big kick in the pants is um, Alfred telling Bruce, you know, talking about the Joker. Alfred says, coming from someone you don't even know. I wonder if we'll ever figure out who he really is. The comedian. So the comedian was out of the three Jokers was. The real Joker,
1: or yeah. that's what they have us to believe. And there's a, a right. bit of conversation in there where the Joker kind of throws doubt on that perception. Yeah. So we think it's true, but there's enough doubt there where maybe he wasn't.
0: But it doesn't yeah. matter because he's the survivor now. Right. He's the survivor. So we. So yeah, you're right. There is that doubt, but the comedian's the one that's the survivor. So. Um, So there's just this shot of Bruce, a silent panel. And silent panels can be very powerful in storytelling. It's just a nice beat. It's a pause, no dialogue, just an intense look. And then you flash back, and I love this, to basically the killing joke with what we believe who is the Joker um, talking to his wife. And, you know, he didn't get a job and she was always wanting him to get a job, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, she's pregnant and, you know, she's just really scared because she can tell that the dude's losing his grip. And the cops basically, te- you know, the the Joker, before he becomes the Joker, comes home and or is at the police station. And the cops are like, look, I'm sorry to have to tell you this, but your wife was in an accident. and her and the baby didn't make it right and then you see that she's basically and you know was shuttled off to protective custody if you will in alaska and you know
1: yeah her- it says, because basically bruce is like if the world knows it his family will never be left alone if his secret gets out right because the press will find him. The Joker will find them. So, yes, I know his name, but the Joker's name isn't what's important. It never has been. It, again, so he's known all along who the Joker is. And you just,
0: what's so cool is it's like, it's, it's like this, it's, it's such a tease because they're never going to say, you know. Um, at least I never would. So, you know, does, does Jeff Johns really know? Like you wonder if they mapped it out as much, like, does DC know? You know what I mean? Did they figure, did, did Jeff go into this with DC's blessing to, because they've never named the Joker. So I mean, they can always just, you know, it's blah, blah, blah. You're like, Oh my God, it's blah, blah, blah. And it's like, whatever. Um, But it's just, I don't know, it's just, it's such a good ending. It was so cool. And it it had a great, um, I don't know, it was just like that a a great movie-esque ending where, you know, you hear the voiceover of the last caption of Bruce saying it never has been. And then you can just see the screen fade to black and the credits and you're just like, oh, there's got to be another one. There's got
1: to be another one. <laughs> right. It was movie-esque. And, and this there's a scene right before the ending we just talked about, which, again, was perfect movie scene. And Jason Todd can't express his feelings, so he writes a letter to Barbara talking about his feelings, how he always admired Barbara, her determination, her heart, and and oh, yeah. that what happened was a mistake. He pens this all on a letter, pours his heart out to her, you know? Yep. Um, and then in the bottom of the note, it says, if you don't think I'm worth a chance, if it was just, you caught up in everything, then just throw this letter away. I'll never, I'll never mention it. I'll even understand whatever happens. I love you. And it says, basically he's, he's wrote, written it on a note. He walks up to her door, takes a piece of scotch tape and tapes it to her door. And I'm already yelling at the paper as I'm reading this. No, dude, it'll never stay on the door. What a dumbass. Because, you know, and you're already like, you know, and if you never mention this, I'll never bring it up, knowing that basically you don't love me back. And right. of course, he walks away, <laughs> and it's a great picture because you see it hanging on the door, and then you see the tape just slightly farther out, and then you see it falling as a janitor's coming by and sweeping. And he sweeps the letter letter up, and he says, "I love you," and that entire letter gets swept away. So Barbara never knows that he has any of these feelings, and it gets swept away, and she'll never bring it up. And he'll think it, it's just super awesome, and that leads into the Batman soliloquy finale. Right. I, just awesome. This this is very.
0: This needs to be a movie. It really does. I, I tell you, it's it's one of the few books that when they collect it as a hardcover, I'll probably get it. Just so I can read it again in one sitting. Because yes. you know it's been, you know, this here the, the other plus behind this is it came out on time. So yes, I was exactly, gonna oh, mention it that it came out on time. So every 30 days, first issue came out, 30 days later, second one, 30 days later, third one. But the way my feeble mind works, I forget stuff. So it's definitely one I want to read in one sitting to to see if there's stuff I I I didn't pick up the first time. So yeah. I can definitely say when it's a hardcover, I hope it's an oversized hardcover, because I'll I'll get it. I'll definitely pick it up. It was that it was just so good. So
1: it was indeed. It was just all right. We got to give it our comic book rating. So I'll let you go first, Andy.
0: Um are we doing a single issue three? Then are we write the whole thing? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, god, I man, I always forget to go back and see what I gave the first two, or I should just write them down. That would make sense. Um, I, I want to go like a nine five, nine six. Yep, it was that good, man. 9.5, 9.6 comic book grading rating. It was that freaking good. Yep, I, I am there with you.
1: I, I've given it super high grades on the first two. And I can honestly say this ends. The ending was so good, and the story was. Or I'm giving this a nine eight um, for an ending. I thought it was as good as can be written. I mean, obviously anything can be a little better. That's why I don't ever do tens. This is as close as you're going to get to a perfect story to me. I'm so excited. I just wish there was more. And um, across the entire series, I am going to give this a nine eight. My highest rating ever for wow. for you know a miniseries like this. Just just hands down the best that I have uh, uh read in a three issue miniseries. Just great.
0: Cool. All right. Well, what what dropped last week? Mandalorian season two. Star Wars is back. Nah, and I tell you, the Mandalorian's back. The thing I really <laughs> liked is how it picked up as chapter nine. Yes, Not not season two, chapter one, but just, boom, picked up right after chapter eight. It's like nothing stopped, which, I mean, obviously in TV shows, when it goes from season to season, they always pick up, you know, for regular TV, from the season finale in May to the season premiere in the fall, like no time has passed. So it's not like that's a, a huge thing, but because there was such a time, you know, spance between the two seasons. I, I don't know. I just, I didn't expect it to say chapter nine. So I know that's a small thing, but I just thought that was really cool.
1: Yeah. And I picked up on that as well. I'm like, Hey, I like that. Just picking up and continuing
0: on. Yeah. um, Once again, our, our, uh, our favorite baby Yoda's back traveling with the Mandalorian because basically his mission is to take, Baby Yoda home, correct? Well, he's gotta
1: go find we gotta find his kind. So right. he was, That's he what was tasked by the head of the Mandalorians to return Baby Yoda to his kind, but right. nobody knows who or what his kind is. So right. it's a hell of a task.
0: Great, great start. And uh you get a guest shot right in the beginning. He he walks into basically a fight club type thing where there's uh a, a alien, because it's Star Wars, alien boxing-type match going on. Yeah, Gore Koresh, he's like a Cyclops. So he's not one that I
1: think we've seen before, as no. they got two of the uh, Gamorrean guards with, like, powered axes. Um, they might be vibro axes fighting in the ring. So it was, it was actually a pretty cool scene.
0: And I believe the Cyclops dude was played by John Leguizamo.
1: It was, yes. Yeah, he yeah. was Gore.
0: I knew I recognized the voice, but because of the makeup with the cyclops and stuff, I was just like, "Man, I recognize that. Who is that? Who is that?" And yep, John Leguizamo. So I love that. Uh, yeah, it was a good scene. We're not going to spoil. I don't want to. I think when we review this. We don't want to spoil too much. Uh,
1: no, no, we're we're not going to do a lot of spoilers in this because yeah. you know it's it's too fresh. But we we at least need to talk about some of the important oh, yeah. well,
0: stuff. well I yeah. think the, the basic gist was. He went to, and I should say full out that I like Star Wars. I'm a Star Wars fan. I've seen every movie. I've seen the, you know, the very original movies back in the day. I've probably seen them more than once just because they've been on TV, obviously, so on and so forth. Any movie that's come out in the past decade or so, I've only seen once. I'm not a huge Star Wars aficionado, so that's why I leave Dennis to say who the creatures are and stuff, because I have no clue. I'm just like, oh, that's cool looking. <laughs>
1: um Yeah, I'm definitely more of a Star Wars fa- I like Star Wars second only to Star Trek for, for right. me and, and, and X-Men. I mean, it's all right up in there. I mean, I've done the role-playing games, read read most of the novels, you know, all the yeah. comic books. Um you know, the, the, the Star Wars universe is just so rich. Um, and then he, for us nerds that really know the history of them, like, like you find out they go to Tatooine. Well, everybody, even even regular people who, you know, are just casual Star Wars fans, See, I remember
0: what, it. I know what Tatooine is. As soon as I said it, I'm like, I know what that is. Right. And he basically... Uh, the Mandalorian goes to Tatooine because there's um, Mandalorian armor or a Mandalorian there, another he's Mandalorian. Told,
1: yeah, he's told there's another Mandalorian. He's told there's he's another Mandalorian
0: there, so he goes to this little, I guess, you know what it, it reminded me of? It reminded me of a futuristic uh, Western city is what he went to, Western town. That is exactly what the what the vibe—a futuristic Western it was town. A futuristic Western town. He took a he took one of the uh, hover bikes, land, whatever it's called. Well, this is the the cool
1: part is when he lands on Tatooine. Yes. Is the you will remember the lady from last season who yeah, had the droids that he didn't want droids working on it. Yep. Well, he's changed his tune. It's a comedic, fun little intro with her. Yeah. He winds up borrowing her bike again and heads off. Now, here's where the nerdy part gets in, because most everybody remembers Moss Eisley. You know, yeah. it's a hive of villainy and scum, and um, uh, and it's just great. But they she they explain it well. It's not Moss Eisley. They got to go to Moss Pelgo, and none of us have hardly ever heard of Moss Pelgo because it's just not it's not one of the main points but they explain it, what had happened to it, how Mos Eisley and Mos Pelgo, and they had the different cities. And this one was basically wiped out and they went through a history. So for us nerdy people who read up on the history, it's like, wow, that was really cool. So Jon Favreau is putting in a lot of intricate detail into the Mandalorian for true Star Wars, you know, deep fans. Um, So it's as good for everybody liking this so yeah, yeah. so what and, they, do is they they get there and they he the boba fett show uh he shows up uh the mandalorian does and he's like i'm looking for another mandalorian and the bartender's like oh we don't get many of your kind in here and, and he goes he'll look for you and then he shows up and it's a guy and you can see it's a helmet and patchwork armor and stuff. He's got the backpack on, but he doesn't have the full armor. It no. looks like a Halloween costume, and you just start laughing. But we,
0: I recognize the armor immediately. It's, it's Boba Fett. It is. It's Boba Fett's armor. And even, once again, I'm not a huge Star Wars junkie, but I know enough. Like I said, I know Tatooine. I know, you know that that hover motorcycle he was riding. I've seen those before, but man, I saw that helmet and the chest plate and just like the backpack and I think he had the shoulder pads and that was it. And I'm like, oh my God, that's Boba Fett's armor. And, and then the- he takes the helmet off and right there, you know, he's not a real Mandalorian because he would never do that in the right. company of other people. And, and it's who Tim, was it? Tim Oliphant, <laughs> one of my. Awesome. oh my god he is one of my favorite actors from justified to um oh my san god just on. what was the show on netflix san clarita diet yeah the san clarita diet where he you know he goes from justified playing a uh deputy or whatever hardcore to san clarita diet playing this goofy type husband to this western you know just Really, out of the good old West cowboy. He's a marshal. He's basically an old West marshal. He's an old West marshal in Mandalorian. And everything from his goatee to his hairstyle to the clothing he wore underneath the Boba Fett armor, I was just like, oh, my God, he is awesome. So, and again, he pays homage to the
1: history of Star Wars which this is what I really enjoyed versus like the last three movies that came out when Timothy pulls the the helmet off and sets it on the table. You knew he wasn't a Mandalorian, like you said, but yep. you looked at the helmet, the up close, there's a dent in the uh, upper right-hand cranium mm-hmm. area. It's a tooth mark. It's from the Sarlacc pit when he got eaten by in the Sarlacc pit. When, when Boba Fett got, 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 eaten basically in there you can see the armor is completely beat to hell the armor has his head helmets got a tooth mark from the sarlacc pit. dude this
0: was just awesome yep they hit it on all points and you know the basic he you know the mandalorian is basically like well you need to give me that i need to take it back and there's this it just reminded me of um tremors this huge dirt monster dirt worm whatever you want to call it almost dirt shark because i got a shark vibe from it i don't know if that's been was something that was established in star wars lore before well
1: it is it is it i don't know if they talked about it in the movies but on Tatooine they're called crate dragons and that that is what this is so yes again they pulled from the actual star wars universe and uh yeah these crate dragons are massive on tatooine and they're far bigger and more powerful than what they're equipped to handle
0: so you know uh timothy oliphant's character and the mandalorian make a deal you help me kill this so our town is safe and uh you can do whatever you want with the armor yeah so uh not getting into details because we don't want to spoil anything they do team up with I don't even. I can't, even though they said it, I can't remember the name of the 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 Tuscan Raiders. The, the Tuscan Raiders. That's it. The Tuscan yep. Raiders. They team so, up with Tuscan Raiders,
1: which we all know from the original Star Wars Episode Four. You know the original Tuscan
0: Raiders, the Sand People on right. Tatooine. Right. And, and I recognized them. I recognized yep. them. Yeah. So I was proud of myself for that. I'm like, I know them. I'm like, you know, I know those guys.
1: <laughs> and, and, and the cool thing is, again, being, you know, for those of us that are really getting deep, the Sand People, there's a history behind them. And they show bits and pieces of it in the movies, but not nearly enough. Well, this episode goes into um, the nomadic um, history and cultural, um, you know, differences and the way that they do things in the tribe of the Tuscan Raiders. Why the human settlements don't like the Tusken Raiders, what the Tusken Raiders actually think of the humans, because they have to work together. Right. And it's cool. The Mandalorian speaks Tusken yeah. and Timothy Elephant's like, what What are you doing? I'm talking to him. It's just like what? He's like, what? Even he can't do that. And he lives on the planet. Again, it's just great. Um, well, they they, they show like the Twilight there's a Twilight doorman, so I mean again, they use a lot of these aliens that we've seen previously in right. Star Wars that's on there, and they do like um a little history shot with Timothy explaining how he got the armor, how the Jawas saved him, and you actually get to see the huge sand crawler as he's almost dying out in the desert. It yeah. is another great scene with the Jawas, and I mean they 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 fill the need of everything you want to know about Tatooine and
0: fill in all of these details for 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 the viewers. Now I do have one criticism, visually, and it's the it's the animals that the Tusken Raiders are riding, the the banthas. Yeah, they just look like big Muppets. I just. <laughs> Dude, that was my big thing because I'm like, oh my god, the CG. Because they don't look like they're CG. They look like they're, they're practical effects. And I don't yes. know. I haven't I haven't Googled to check any of this out to try and find out the answers. I just watched it last night. But you know, the 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 dragon sand dragon thing looked obviously total CG, and it looked phenomenal. Yeah. But those freaking things, the what are they called? The Banthas. Yeah, the Banthas that the Tusken Raiders were riding. I'm just looking at them, going, they look like big muppets. They well, just don't look real. What? What? See, they, 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 they never look are. Like, they're, they're, they're they look big, like fabric. They,
1: they didn't they do. look. Huh? They, they do. And what you remember seeing of them in episode four is, they, that is kind of what they look like. So I mean, they're they were designed. I actually thought they did a good job within budget because we don't have movie budget here. We got good budget, but not movie quality budget. And I would agree. I don't think these were CG. These looked very much like large furry animals that they were riding, you know, that they, they did. And they looked kind of like a Muppet because you even got their hair. That's coming down by their mouth.
0: That's just, it. it it, it totally reminded me of, You know, when the Muppet Show was around and you had not, obviously, the (laughs) handheld Muppets. It's Mr. Snuffleupagus. But (laughs) when you had, what was the big one that you could tell was a person underneath the costume in the Muppet Show? Mr. Snuffleupagus, the big elephant. Yeah, and that's what it looked like. But that's the problem because I'm looking at that on the Muppet Show going, yeah, no shit that's fake. It's the Muppets. We all know that they're fake. I don't want that when I'm watching this. Like Baby Yoda, I don't look at and go, oh, that's just a puppet. And we know it is because it's practical. And the thing costs like what I think we talked about it. Didn't make doesn't baby it Yoda it's like five million bucks? Yeah, it was five million. Yeah, five million bucks. Now I don't expect them to, them to spend five million bucks on each one of these furry elephants they're riding. <laughs> because I get it. There was like a lot of them. But come on, CG isn't that super expensive. I think it would have looked better and looked more grounded in reality because it just looked so fake to me.
1: I'm going to totally disagree with you on this. I so loved, I'll call it almost a bit campy. I loved the campiness of seeing it looking just like that. You've got the crate Dragon, the Jawas, you've got all these big beautiful things that you see from the movies and how grand everything is and then you get this and you see the raiders even from a distance walking on the sand dunes you know yeah. on top of and walking next to the banthas and these banthas look like they had one or two that were real and maybe they just folded and, and copied them well
0: no the but the but long it was, shots right the long shots looked fine right but when well, they got close up on them I was just like, oh, I can almost see the two guys underneath that thing holding it up. Walking you know what?
1: With it. We may have to find the making of this because I thoroughly enjoyed that. All I right. love the fact that's what they look like because not everything has to be cut and clean. Uh, I love the fact that this looked like, you know, they had to cut budget somewhere and this was a good place. John, this is it. where they do it. I love it. Um, I love the campiness. It's like ugh. old Battlestar Galactica to new Battlestar Galactica. Some parts are just better as, as being campy. And to me, these are the adorable parts, especially when the crate monster comes up and eats them and stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, I, thought but, it just, I mean like, that, but that's where it's so jarring to me because it's like, oh, look at the crate monster that looks awesome. And he's eating Mr. Snuffle Up, I guess. I mean, I'm just like, yeah. All right. So what's your what's your on episode one or chapter nine? Chapter 9, Season 2, uh, Episode 1 of The Mandalorian. What What's your grade?
1: Um, I am giving this one uh, a 9.0. I, I thought oh. it was solid. It was enjoyable. There was a lot of, like I've been talking about, a lot of detailed information on Tatooine to make us geeks feel really happy. I enjoyed everything about the episode. Timothy Oliphant was just a... Great character. I hope they bring him back as the marshal. He, you can tell he's a guy who makes deals and holds true to his word. Although he's got a bit of a scoundrel streak in there, you can feel it, but he's just a super likable character. I hope he makes a return in future episodes because he was a great addition to the episode. The story, it, it moved the basic story forward because this is going to be an entire season long episode basically on this mission. And it was a great start to it. It was enjoyable.
0: I loved every minute of it. all right I, I'm, I'm only going an eight. I'm going a flat out eight. Oh um, I hear Muppets <laughs> The puppets killed me man. The big the big Muppets just killed me I, I, I think if the, what it took me the thing is you're not supposed to be pulled out of the story. and that liter, that really legit pulled me out of the story. As I'm watching it, because I'm just like, well, that's fake. And if you're doing <laughs> something, if you're trying to sell me on this on this fantasy world of Star Wars, you know, back when episodes, what was it, uh, 7, 8, 9 came out back in the day, you know, so the first three movies back in the yes. 70s, 80s, you know, they did what they could with the effects. I was a kid. I was sold on it. Was my okay? I watched it with my 17 year old daughter because she loves baby Yoda. Was she sold on it? Of course she was. Yes, you know, but I have a more critical eye and I get it. I I like practical effects and I think practical effects on makeup have come so far. And even with, like I said, baby Yoda is just awesome. Um, but and but those puppets, man, they just killed me. So I'm going an eight. I would also, I don't know if there was a little too much. I'd like comedic stuff, you know, John Favreau wrote and directed this first episode. He's not going to do it with every episode, but he did the first one like last season. Um, and I like the humorous bits that are in it, but I don't know if there, if, if there was maybe too much. I don't know. Like I, said, I give it an eight. Okay. And, and eight's right. a really good score. So it's it not is. like I'm it, shitting it's
1: a shit. I gotcha. And I'm just going to say, John Favreau, I know you listen to our podcast. So just sitting here, baby, keep it up. I loved what you did with the Muppets.
0: <laughs> yeah, John, I love you, brother. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I, I'm glad. Well, we're, we're in the ballpark. We both liked it. I think this is going to be a great season. And it was a great way to kick off uh, season two. So very happy with it
0: all right guys that's our episode until next week you know where to find us itunes soundcloud youtube
1: yep and your alexa devices just say alexa play the dennis and andy podcast and it'll do it all for you there you go until next time bye 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 everybody
0: until next week grab your 3d glasses Get your favorite comic books, roll them up and put them in your back pocket the way you should treat comics. Throw your pigskin up on the mantle.
1: This is Dennis.
0: This is Andy. Later, Later friends. friends.